Hey everyone, welcome to the Goody Reader Radio Show. My name is Michael. It's September the 25th, 2014 at GoodyReader.com. And we've been on a bit of a hiatus the last month, just enjoying the last vestiges of the summer. And oh boy, oh boy, have a lot of new devices come out and are imminently going to be released at the beginning of October. And we have our hands on a bunch of them. I wanted to talk to you guys today about pretty well the the e-readers that you really want to know about on the march towards the holiday season september october is usually the months where all the new gadgets come out and they're meant to be given as gifts for the christmas season or just a gift to yourself to upgrade your device let's take a look at some of the devices that have been released or have been reviewed in our labs first of all the Kobo H2O this is the first waterproof e-reader by Kobo it's a 6.0 inch screen and you can think of it as a spiritual successor of the Kobo Aura HD so this is pretty well the same as the Kobo Aura HD if you've ever had one or played with one at a chapters bookstore in Canada or just the bookstores and electronic stores all over the US and Europe the big compelling factor behind this is that it is indeed a waterproof e-reader so that's pretty well the selling point behind it um, it could go into about one meter to about five meters of water and this is really kind of meant as a vacation, a beach, being able to actually use an e-reader in all circumstances and in all environments. So this is not too bad. I mean, I think Kobo has really polished their e-reader and this is probably the best one that they've ever released in terms of functionality and usability. I really like the uh, aspect of being able to read in a bathtub. You know, a lot of people, when they take baths, especially late at night, all the lights aren't on. It's not blaring phosphorescent light. You know, it's candles. It's setting the mood. Um, you know, especially with, like, women. I know with um, with myself, you know, I tend to like candles and incense from time to time when I take baths. And with the Kobo Aura HD, um, you can't read in a you can't really read in the bathtub but with the the h2o you can and it could get wet and everything's neat and protected so that's coming out at the beginning of october so you may want to take a look at that if you're a loyal kobo user barnes and noble has released the samsung galaxy tab for nook this is really the first time that barnes and noble has ever really outsourced the hardware to a third party you know in in the past they really had maximum control over the hardware were design over the software but they really just took the Samsung Galaxy Tab 7 inch and loaded in a bunch of custom Nook software so it doesn't really even have a custom Nook UI so this is about as vanilla as you can get in terms of being able to download apps from Google being able to install any app store that you want like the goodie reader app store amazon app store or whatever other one tickles your fancy but the nook app store and the google play app store come preloaded on it uh, there's a number of apps that come loaded on it um, a nook magazine app uh, you have 
the Nook e-reading app, the library app, and a ton of other things that you can do, like uh, purchase content from the store, graphic novels, comic books, uh, newspapers, and a ton of other data. If you've ever had a Nook device in the past and you have purchased content, all this content is available in the cloud that you can download to your new device. I really do think that from a usability standpoint that this is better than the Nook HD, HD+, Nook Color, Nook Tablet. I really like it. A lot of people were lambasting it in the media, saying that, you know, Barnes & Noble, it's the beginning of the end for them. They don't really have a lot to bring to the table anymore. But I thought that this was a great device. Uh, in terms of just a tablet being released in 2014 with good specs, with a good screen, uh, a big argument was that the resolution on the Samsung Nook is lower than the 7-inch Nook HD. But I actually found that the screen itself is a little bit more vibrant and it, in side-by-side -side comparisons with uh, the Nook HD and the Samsung for Nook in most cases the Samsung for Nook actually did a better job at uh, graphic novels at a lot of visual content uh, like magazines and things like that so uh, I'm a big fan and if you're looking for a book centric tablet I really think that the Samsung uh, for Nook may be a good investment it's really only viable in you know uh, the US the UK and main markets that Barnes and Noble operates now in Canada and in most international markets you can buy all the book content from Barnes and Noble but you can't actually rent uh, or purchase television episodes or movies so that's something to bear in mind Amazon has released or they have announced and they're going to be releasing like in the beginning of October a flurry of new devices. They got a new kids tablet. They got a 6 inch and 7 inch HD tablet. They have a new 8.9 inch tablet. They have a, a new $79 basic model Kindle and the Amazon Kindle Voyage. Now let's talk about the voyage I think that this is probably the most exciting e-reader uh, that the company has ever released um, let's talk about it um, really the resolution is 1430 by 1080 and seldom has a six inch device ever come close to that type of resolution uh, is 300 ppi if you look at the Kobo H2O, it does have the same resolution, but a lower PPI at 265, but it also has a 6.0-inch screen. Uh, the Barnes & Noble Nook Glowlight is the e-reader that Barnes & Noble is marketing, and it's only 1024 by 758 and 212 PPI. So what I like about the Voyage is that it's a capacitive touchscreen display. So most Kindle e-readers in the past have all had a small dip between when the screen ends and the bezel begins. So it's like a sunken screen. This is the first Kindle e-reader that actually has the same type of screen that's on your smartphone or on your a tablet. The screen and the bezel are one in the same. Uh, there's also a feature called page pressed and this is a custom designed force sensor made of carbon and silver which reacts to the subtle increase of pressure 
and it triggers a page turn, but it also provides haptic response only your thumb can perceive. Because PagePress has no moving parts, the haptics provide you with the most minimal indication that you have pressed the button and, and it removes the distraction. And you know, it doesn't break immersion when you're actually churning the pages. Uh, it also has a, an ambient light sensor and they call it an adaptive front light. And what it does is it, it automatically adjusts the brightness of the front lit display based on your environment. So if you're sitting in the shade of the tree or you're in a completely dark room reading before you go to bed, it basically changes it, but not immediately. It's like a gradual change. Uh, I really like it. So there's a ton of software improvements as well. Uh, Kindle Family Sharing, which isn't going to be available at launch, but it'll be available in the upcoming firmware update. Basically, it allows a family of five uh, to be able to share audiobooks, ebooks, magazines, newspapers, graphic novels uh, with each other. So if you have set up like family profiles, mom, dad, little Johnny, uh, you could actually share content with each other, uh, which is uh, fairly cool. So I'm really excited about the e-reader. I think that this has set the bar with e-reading technology, and I really don't think that the smaller companies such as Onyx, Attaco, Tolino, Bookine, Pocketbook, I really don't think that they'll ever be able to compare to this. Uh, Kobo and Barnes & Noble might because they're they're they have deep pockets, you know, they could actually innovate in this department. But uh, for the next like six months, uh, it's all going to be Amazon. And the Kindle Voyage is $199. So it's a little bit more expensive than uh, your average e-reader. Let's talk about the basic Kindle. Uh, this is $79 Uber, you know, introductory model to the Amazon ecosystem. It has a touch screen. Uh, all former basic model Kindles had a D-pad and it had all these sort of buttons that you needed to press. And for a generation of readers that are used to reading on their smartphones and tablets and then going to a Kindle that demanded sort of, you know, it had almost like that early 2000s feel where it's like buttons and D-pads and Game Boy type, uh, you know, interfaces. I like it. Um, I got a chance to see one in person and I think that the Kindle Basic is a good e-reader for someone who's never had one before or someone who's like on a, sh a, a, a shoestring budget or might have like a Kindle from like three or four years ago and they're thinking about upgrading. Uh, $79 to start, but you got to figure that with Black Friday and the holiday season, it's going to uh, come down in price. Amazon also has a lot of tablets coming out. I really don't think that there's really anything that great about them. Uh, the Kindle Fire HD 6 and 7 inch are basically the same processor, resolution, RAM, specs, but it's a 6 inch and 7 inch screen. If you remember, the Kindle Fire 7 HDX came out last year, and it almost feels like the 7 HD is a downgrade uh, in resolution, uh, in the audio capabilities. I think what Amazon's trying to do is just like, release a bunch of devices that are so cheap that you would be stupid not to buy them. That That's sort of the mentality going into it. Um, the kid's tablet is a little bit more interesting. Uh, it comes with a really rugged, uh, you know, uh, 
paste that comes with it and it's like in three different colors incidentally all of the new kindle fire six and seven inches too come in five different colors so they have a bit of personalization amazon's slowly been developing this like crazy kids ecosystem with like thousands of books movies television shows um but when you buy the tablet you actually get a year free of like uh the, the Amazon system that allows you to download as unlimited kit apps and content as you want. The Kindle Fire HD X8.9 is fairly expensive. It's like $399 for the base model. I think there's probably better tablets on the market, but I think what Amazon's really hyping is the the Dolby surround sound, like the 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 Atmos processor, they they've really kind of got to the point where they're really focusing on like the the sound experience and the media experience, trying to turn this into the type of tablet where, if you're involved in uh, the Amazon Prime Music or if you like Amazon Instant Video and, and watching you know videos on your tablet or even like Netflix and things like that. This is the type of media centric tablet that has better sound uh, than the iPad, although it's obviously like a, a you know not as great as the iPad in, in my opinion. So those are all the Amazon devices, and there's a lot of stuff that's been announced and uh, that's coming out. Now the one thing about the Voyage is that. I'm not the only one that thinks it's rad. A lot of people think so as well. If you were to pre-order it today, it's actually not even going to get shipped out until the first week of December now. So if you want to get one and have it in your hands by unwrapping it under a tree, time is of the essence because it's it's good <laughs> and it's sold out absolutely everywhere so that's something to bear in mind all of the other amazon devices are on track for the october the second release date so that's when their pre-orders are going to be shipping from amazon even if you place an order today you're going to get it within the first week of october Let's talk about BlackBerry, shall we? It's, uh, don't laugh, it's, they're still going, and they just released the BlackBerry Passport, and this is the type of phone that is basically like a passport. They had simultaneous events in Toronto, London, and Dubai, and they wanted to do some very interesting things with it. Uh, first of all, they wanted to make it high resolution so it's 1440 by 1440 so it's an absolutely square screen but it has 453 dots per inch the keyboard is unlike any other keyboard that blackberry has released in the past what i like it is the keyboard actually dummies as a trackpad so and you could turn pages like if you're reading a book using just the touch screen but if you're say browsing an internet page you can actually swipe up on the keyboard itself and it'll automatically scroll on a screen I think that that's super cool and innovative i actually heard some news that BlackBerry said that they're developing a new phone that's going to be released in sometime in 2015 that it'll be sort of akin to the BlackBerry Torch except it'll have like a fold out keyboard so it'll be like a combination of the Passport and like the Z30 with like a huge 
you know, touch screen, but then it has like a fold out keyboard that you can actually physically type on. I think that if BlackBerry were to do that right, I probably would switch back to BlackBerry from my iPhone. Now, here's a little bit of history with me. I've been a BlackBerry user since the BlackBerry Pearl. So I was using BlackBerry as my main phone for about 10 years. And I had like the BlackBerry Pearl, then the Curve, the Bold. I had like the Torch 1 and 2. And then BlackBerry released BlackBerry 10. And, you know, a lot of people were happy with it. But I saw it as like a consumer OS. See, I travel a lot with Goody Reader, and you know, I go to Taiwan, I go to Germany, I go to London, I'm all over the states, and I'm I'm based in Vancouver, BC. So, when I travel, I often have to buy travel packs. I often have to like watch my data. Can't really watch Twitch and, and watch like uh, the League of Legends World Championships, which is going on right now, actually, and I'm uh, totally enamored with. But I'll talk more about that later. So with before BlackBerry 10 came out, you actually purchased a data plan separately from BlackBerry itself. So you would actually pay, have like a carrier bill and then you would pay X number of dollars a month for a BlackBerry bill. So it was called like a BlackBerry data plan. And what happened was that everything like from email to attachments to anything else that was to and from your phone actually went through the BlackBerry servers and was compressed. So if I got an email, um, you know, it was compressed. So I, my data caps weren't really that high. With BlackBerry 10, one of the th reasons why BlackBerry abandoned their own data services is because they really wanted to make a go of the consumer market. They wanted to release touchscreen phones. They wanted to get back to keyboard phones, but they really wanted to try to have mass market appeal. That totally failed, and it actually alienated a lot of their government and corporate clients. So what happened was that BlackBerry forego, forgone their own private server type stuff for, for consumers. And they said, okay, you know, we really want AT&T stores to stock all of our Blackberries, to do commercials, to really hype this sort of thing. And in exchange, it will do, we'll scrap our data plan and data will actually now go through the carriers. So now when I traveled with my BlackBerry, my travel fees used to be like an extra 20 or $30 before BlackBerry 10. When BlackBerry 10 came out, it went to about 90 to $120 on like a three or four day business trip using my phone on voice, doing the same things as I did before. So it didn't really make financial sense to stick with BlackBerry anymore because the whole reason why I was using it is because unlike all Android and iOS phones, I actually saved a ton of money on the long term. With BlackBerry 10, I'm not doing that. So I was like, well, you know, I might as well go to the iPhone. That way I could download Vine that actually works. I could pay for my lattes with the Starbucks app. Uh, all this sort of stuff that BlackBerry didn't have. But now with the Passport coming out, uh, the Amazon App Store is built into it. So you can actually download anything that's on the Amazon App Store and install it on your BlackBerry device, which suddenly makes uh, the BlackBerry uh, line of phones a little bit more viable 
because it actually has a better app store. Not to say that BlackBerry is totally abandoned BlackBerry World, but they did fire more than 65% of all the people that were help running it and trying to convince developers to publish apps uh, for BlackBerry in their native format. They said, you know, probably just makes sense to go with Amazon. So if you ever had a BlackBerry phone and you were getting music and getting videos through them, uh, that's not available anymore. Part of the Amazon relationship with BlackBerry was uh, using BlackBerry, you know, BlackBerry saying, okay, you know, if we want Amazon on our phone, we're going to have to abandon our video and music service and go with Amazon's because that was part of the conditions of it. So Passport, innovative. It's you know, most phones now are, they're, they're tall and slender, you know, uh, look at the new, uh, iPhone six plus it's very tall. It's, it's a rectangle. Almost all phones are kind of going for these rounded edges, slim, very tall. And, and Blackberry's released like a phone. That's like basically a big square. Um, whether it'll catch on, it remains to be seen, but within 24 hours of the Passport launch event, uh, it's sold out on BlackBerry.com. So maybe that's an indication that they are selling more than they thought that they would, or maybe that they are deliberately doing this to build up a little bit more press, saying, you know, BlackBerry phones already sold out. I don't think that they'll sell as many iPhones, but the CEO of BlackBerry said that really we need to only sell 10 million phones a year to be profitable, whereas Apple, what, they sold like 30 million in their first weekend? Correct me if I'm wrong. Comment in the comment section uh, if you have the exact figure. So devices galore and you know we've reviewed the h2o we've reviewed the samsung galaxy tab for nook uh you could visit our website at goodyweeder.com and do search and uh, check out some of those reviews uh fairly extensive also our youtube channel at youtube.com slash goodyweeder has a ton of comparisons and unboxings and everything like that because when we get new devices especially e-readers it's really important to like me and, and everyone else who's a part of goody reader that we just don't do an unboxing review and that's it but we want to compare this generation against the previous generation that put them head to head showing the exact same content and insane you know honestly you know if you have this old device is it worth it to upgrade is it just incremental or is it packed with new features that you really can't say no to. Well, we also compare it to a generation or two ago because e-readers are kind of that anomaly in the tech world where people don't upgrade just because a new device comes out. Uh, with iPhones, you know, especially, people tend to always upgrade immediately to the newest device. E-readers are a lot like televisions where you buy a television and it's good for like a good five five to ten years depending on usage e-readers are the same you know they're designed to last a hell of a long time i know a lot of people with e-readers that were made in 2007 and 2008 and are still using them today in 2014 and they don't have a problem with it at all they're just it's like second nature they may not all have touch screens and whatnot but they they find it's just perfect for them. It's, in some cases, they're buying backups of these old e-readers just in case one ever craps out, then they could just pick up where they left off. So 
that's why we do a lot of these videos and a lot of our comparisons because we want to kind of show people you know listen you know if this is what you've been using all these years this is what you're missing with the new device and a lot of cases we don't really recommend the new devices because I don't feel like they're enough of a reason to pay you know between 129 and like two or three hundred dollars to buy something so if you were to ask me what is the top two e-readers for the holiday season i'd say the kindle voyage and the kobo h2o uh, two very distinctive ecosystems but i think that the Voyage is probably the best e-reader ever made, so you really do want to check that out if a store near you has a demo model set up uh, for the first week of October. But if you're an e-reader lover, and especially if you've had Amazon e-readers in the past, you don't want to miss this out. So I'm going to let you all go for now. I'm sorely talked out, but... Before I do that, I want to encourage people who are a fan of League of Legends to check out League of Legends Worlds happening in Taiwan. It's really good, and it's on Twitch. Uh, they show rebroadcasts uh, during like the day for us North Americaners, but they show it live between 2 and about 5 in the morning. So if you're a night owl like me, you may want to check that out on Twitch and you can download Twitch from the Goody Reader App Store at apps.goodyreader.com. My name is Michael. You've been listening to the Goody Reader Radio Show. And everybody, take care.